another episode of the Breathe In Podcast, a daily devotional through the Bible to help you read and love God's Word. I'm Neil. And I'm Stephen. And today we are in 2 Peter chapter 1. Another great book. Another great we book. We have to say it. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, so far, I like 1 Peter better. You're only one in. I'm one chapter in, but you know. You know, Stephen, one of the questions that I get a lot, and, and you probably do too, is, man, why do you believe the Bible, right? Like, why do you trust it? And 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 I'm even seeing a shift in conservative evangelicalism, right? Okay. Away from God's Word. Hmm. Away from the Bible. It's like this idea of it's not sufficient. It's not good. It's it's We it's, need something more. We need more. We need, yeah. we need outside stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I I just think a large part of it comes down to faith. Yeah. Like, we believe it because it says it's true. Yeah. And some people will say, well, that's circular reasoning, but it's not. And this is why I don't think it's circular reasoning. Kevin DeYoung makes this uh, argument in, um, what's the book, uh, Taking God at His Word. Um, but there's this idea that whenever you're talking about an ultimate authority, you can't appeal to anything higher. Right. Because if you appeal to something higher, then that higher thing is now the ultimate authority. Yeah. And so the Bible we're saying is our authority, right? We're saying it's it's what it's sufficient for for life and godliness, for what we need. Uh it's revealing God to us. If that is what the Bible is, uh then there's nothing higher to appeal to. No. And so we have to or take, to live by. Or to live by. So we have to take God at his word. The mm. Bible is true because the Bible says it's true. And that does take a level of faith to believe. Yeah, and I think Peter is getting right at this issue in chapter one of Second Peter. You know, and you know, it starts in verse three, which you were kind of uh, appealing to. It says the divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. So right here, he's saying, man, like His word is sufficient yeah. for all of life and godliness. And then the question so that because it gives us knowledge of Him, that's right. But where do we get our knowledge of Him from? From the Word. From the Word. Right. So then the question becomes, well, is this Word trustworthy? Mm. And that's what he gets into in 16, verse 16 through the end of the chapter. So why don't you read it and then we'll talk about it. All right. For we did not follow cleverly contrived myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father, when the voice came from to him from the Father, I'm sorry, I'm getting old, man. I'm all like looking at the bottom <laughs> of my glasses. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice when it came from heaven while we were there with him on the holy mountain. It's talking about the Mount of Transfiguration here. Uh, we also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you know this, no prophecy of scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 
Right. So what Peter does is he he lays out several arguments in this text of why we can trust the Mm -hmm. Bible, essentially, why we can trust God's word. And the first thing he says is we did not follow some sort of myth. Mm -hmm. Instead, we were eyewitnesses. Yeah. And so he's talking about the Mount of Transfiguration Mm -hmm. when Peter, James and John followed Jesus up a mountain uh, to pray. And then Moses and Elijah appear to Christ ministering to him yeah, and everyone else is like on their knees. Right. And then at the end, they hear the voice of God saying, this is my son, you know, listen to him. Yeah. Yeah. So what Peter's getting at here is like, man, we're not, we're not just like, Hey, we heard this rumor and we're following it or this story was told. So we're just going to follow it. He said, no, we saw. Yeah. Right. And not just, I saw, but lots of people saw in Mm -hmm. first Corinthians 15, Paul says, you know, Jesus appealed first to the disciples and then to um, 500, 500 yeah. and then last to him, right? And you can, he even says, you can ask a lot of these other people. They're still around, yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. there's this corroborated story uh, put together by eyewitnesses of the majesty of Christ. So the question is, is are you going to believe the witnesses? Yeah, exactly. So there, once again, it comes back to belief. Yeah, exactly right. And then, and then he shifts to this idea of prophecy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and here it's also what we call like a mode of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like how did prophets, how did these biblical authors write the inspired word of God? Right. Because they're inspired, not like Shakespeare was inspired. Shakespeare wrote some inspired literature. Yeah. You know, Taylor Swift wrote some inspired lyrics. From her ex-boyfriends. From Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's not the way that Scripture is inspired. No. Scripture is inspired, uh, Timothy, Paul describes it in Timothy, as, as breathed out by God. Yeah. The same way God spoke creation into being, God spoke and breathed out his word. Yeah. And, and the way he did that was through the means of human beings, mm. that the Holy Spirit... Uh, inspired them to write down what he wanted. Yeah. Which means they're not going to make a mistake. No. They're they're guarded from error because God does not make error. Right. He's holy. He's perfect. So we can believe the Bible in all things. Yeah. So when we get at this idea of prophecy then, you know, what Peter's appealing to is, man, these prophets in the Old Testament have always been pointing to Christ. They've always been talking about that this day would come, right? <laughs> like this mm-hmm. is the way we should live and what we should believe. Now, they weren't interpreting their own prophecy. That's not what makes prophecy prophecy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying, no, that, that God's will uh, was ca- or uh, inspired through these men would be carried out. Mm-hmm. God would interpret those things, not mm-hmm. these men. Mm-hmm. So they were able to speak to things hundreds of years before they occurred. Why? Because it was God's will. Uh, and God would reveal these things with time. And so, man, because of that reality, man, we can rest that these things are true and yeah. good and necessary for us yeah. uh, to live our lives by. And, you know, I would, I would, you know, for an application, mm-hmm. you know, think, think through this. Where am I going to cultivate life and godliness? Am I going to other things that are in the world to try and change my life or to govern my life by? I mean, we're people who look for silver bullets. Yes. If I if I do this thing, if I incorporate this new knowledge, if I have the right system, 
if I have the right whatever, I can be made better. Yeah. I can be made well. Yeah. And and what Peter's saying is, man, it's God's word that mm-hmm. does this. It's the only thing that's sufficient for this. And it's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And it's good for you. So those are some things. Maybe, maybe that will help you uh, shape the way you view God's word today. Uh, this is what is often known as expository apologetics. Uh, so we can defend the faith with the word of God. Yeah. Even. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, cause we believe it's powerful and active like yeah. a double edged sword. That's as right. We read in Hebrews four. That's right. Uh, yeah. So even when, even when we're preaching, like we're not trying to say we need something outside the word, but it's the word that should guide our preaching. That's right. Uh, and, and so if, if you are, if you are looking into preaching or, or, teaching the Bible, what we say is we outline the text and the outline of the text becomes an outline of the sermon. That's right. We're trying to communicate God's word. That's right. And, and that keeps us out of error. Mostly. Most Mostly. Of the time. <laughs> except, when I, except when we go off on our own. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, rabbit trails. All right. Well, that's the breathe in. Why don't I breathe out? All right. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, that that it is powerful, that it is effective, that it gives us everything we need for life and godliness, that your spirit uh, uses what it says to transform us and shape us into the image of Christ. Father, help us to look to the word for truth and for hope that only you can give. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thanks for listening to the Breathe In podcast. We hope you're edified and encouraged today. We'll catch you next time with 2 Peter 2.